Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 414 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? Busy and looking to the future. Oh, I good, because every time I look to the past, I get sad. But the future is bright. I have my glasses on, Joe. There's a whole thing you could go to the store, Todd. They sell them in, like, the, uh, the health and beauty aisle. There's a section of that in the store? Yes. Once I've you find that. Mm-hmm. They have the they have a box of these 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 white these white things these little sticks that have cotton on the end called Q tips. Right. If you push them in the right way, you never have to worry about the past ever again. Oh oh, that's see. I'm thinking about uh, just eating a lot of pizza and seeing what happens. Right. Well, that'll just make you sleep more, but then you'll have to eventually wake up. Ah, uh, I don't want that. I don't want that. Right. So. So, Todd, what do we got on the show today? The comic book podcast that is the most positive and uplifting podcast in the history of podcasts. I saw it on the internet, so it must be true. Mm -hmm. Um, A new cosmic book with a show-approved creative team. Um, A follow-up on a Marvel lawsuit. We don't have much news this week. Um, con, (laughs) Con news. Free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was Web of Venom, Venom, which is a great title, by the way, number one. And I think we both read that, but you just read Scarlet, number one. Am I correct? That's correct. All right. What we're looking forward to this week, um, we're going to open the listener mailbag once again. It was it, it was closed and now it was stuck, but we got it, so we're going to dig back into it. Um, we also have my art attack. And at the end of the show, we have disenchantment talk. Did I get the show right? Because I'm always calling it disenchanted. It's right, disenchantment. For, right. right. It's disenchantment. I'll say disenchanted. Right. right. I do it too, so. I don't know. And they needed the show to be easier. They should call it like The Simpsons or Medieval Futurama or something that makes sense to a dumb dumb like me. I would watch Medieval Futurama. And I have. Right, I was going to say, have. <laughs> So let's get into the news, as Todd mentioned, just real quick to kind of uh, brush over this one. You know, we we brought it up on the show before that Marvel uh, was involved in a lawsuit with the Monster Energy Drink Company uh, mm-hmm. regarding their claims to the Monster Unleashed book uh, that was they were publishing about two years ago. They did like a five-week miniseries that rolled into... An ongoing that has since been canceled, and there was question whether or not they were going to push with this or what they were going to do, and then the book was canceled, and it's been canceled for some time, and just over the weekend, Marvel has quietly abandoned the lawsuit, so they're not going to push back with Monster Energy on this one. Right. And they were even like, hey, you know, because Monster Energy was like, we have our slogan, like Monster Energy Drink, Unleash the Monster, uh, Monsters Unleashed, whatever it is. And then Marvel, all right, well, how about you have your, you know, trademark or whatever, just with everything but comic books and we have it. And they're like, no. (laughs) So Marvel is basically like, you know what? We're spending a lot of money on a book that nobody buys. So I think they just gave up the ghost. It was like, like they have Disney pockets and they were still like, this isn't worth it anymore. Right. And and we only bring this one up because there's always stories that come up about DC suing everyone over the vaguest instances of Batman or Superman use. Mm -hmm. And that I get, obviously, when you're a big company, you have people on retainer that are just constantly, like, that's their job. Search mm-hmm. anything and everything in the world, anything that kind of sort of remotely looks like Superman, we have to continue to protect our brand, right? Right. And I would even give it to Marvel if people were, because wasn't there a thing a couple, maybe like a year or two ago, with something with the Punisher logo that they were suing people over, then that one was thrown out very quickly because you can't, copyright or trademark a skull design and they were like well you know we have proof of this skull design going x by z back and they're just like yeah get out of here with this 
Right. You're, what are we going to start suing pirates right. back in the olden days? We know where your treasure is buried. Go find it. <laughs> right. But it's just, this one seemed like such a frivolous lawsuit for Marvel to even open up or even to entertain. <laughs> so that's why we have to address the fact that they've quietly walked away from it. See, what I think was the problem was they had all these lawyers working on how to get X-Men and Fantastic Four back. And when that happened, they're like, oh, man, we still have these lawyers. And they're like, they're good to the end of the quarter next year. We'll have them, like, paid on retainer. They're, just have them sue for Monsters Unleashed. And when the money runs out, just fire them all. Right. See, what I was thinking was something similar where it was more like, hey, we're losing all these other lawsuits Let's try to get one that'll be an easy way to build the law team's confidence up. And the sad thing is, you know, they lost to Monster Energy Drink. Now, if you'd lost to Monkey Milk, oh. that would be, that would be, I could understand. Uh. Know, Monkey Milk is a juggernaut. Ooh, a juggernaut. Don't, they might sush. <laughs> uh, it's some sort of big, unstoppable thing that runs. That's right. That nothing can stop. That's right. Once it gets oh. going, it keeps going. <laughs> right. I think me me saying uh, nothing can stop it might be infringed on trademark. I've never mm-hmm. seen uh, in the, you know, you'll see sometimes, we've talked about before in the comic books, when people speak word balloons of their logo. Right. And their logo will have, like, the copy uh, of the trademark symbol next to it. Mm-hmm. I have to now go back, and if this isn't something that's being done... The guys who were previously working on the Monsters Unleashed lawsuit, if you're listening to this, here's your next case. Go back retroactively trademark popular Marvel catchphrases. Like, you know, my spidey sense is tingling, trademark. It's clobberin' time, trademark. You know, any of those sort of things. By the hoary hosts of Horgat, whatever it is that Dr. Uh, Strange says. Right, Richards. Yeah, well, that one's a little bit too vague. You know, there's a lot of people named Richards. You know, I know this one has three I's and three R's, but on their logo, they have four I's and four R's, so it's different. But what I'm saying is, like, those specific uh, configurations of words, TM, 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 in all Mm -hmm. the back catalog, and that now, whenever some sort of, you know, local Chevy dealership or something is like, Hey, do you want the best deals on town for these cars behind me? Because come on in to Bill's Toyota, because it's clobbering time on the competition, you know, like something like that. Mm-hmm. They're not using any sort of iconic uh, iconography, uh, iconography, iconography, or Nailed any it. images of Marvel Comics. But by saying it's clobbering time, it's making you think of Marvel Comics lawsuit. Well, I know Marvel did, uh, they, like, uh, copyright snicked and maybe, like, thwip and stuff like that. Remember? I know they've copy- they copyrighted superhero. Like, right. one word superhero. Because I don't know if you ever notice in DC Comics, it's always superhero, two words. Right. Marvel is superhero or superheroes. It's one word together. They have the copyright on that. Okay. So I'm pretty sure they had it for snicked, too, for a while. Which would be awesome. I'll look that up when we're done recording. I've done enough looking up tonight. Oh, be careful. So the other thing uh, to mention, of course, is, and this is going to get into not spoiler talk, but spoiler warning. This week, uh, in you know what we're looking for coming out, I'm sure it'll come up for both of us of what we're looking forward to possibly, is the Asgardians of the Galaxy book as well as the Thanos Legacy book. Right. Apparently there's spoiler stuff that happens in both of those books that lead into January's new Guardians of the Galaxy book by Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw. That's a pretty strong creative team right there. Right. So I would assume that this is not only going to spin out of whatever this big Infinity crossover is on right now, mm-hmm. but also the sound-alike name as Guardians of the Galaxy, the Thanos book, all of that is going to come together. That's the side I'm interested in. Not so much as the big crossover on the other side. The uh, promo art that we have there with, I think, something like 35 different Guardians from past, <laughs> present, and future. Uh, you know, I like seeing, like, the old designs on your Yondus. 
and your Charlie 23s and your <laughs> 27s and that, you know, right. alongside new designs on Rocket and Groot or Gamora or whatever it is. But hey, it's a Donny Cates book. And, you know, a friend of ours uh, tweeted at Donny Cates today saying essentially words of the effect of stop writing comics. I can only buy so many a month. Exactly. Um, you got your yon do's and your yon don'ts. <laughs> But uh, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to it. And it looks like they're I'm wondering how many people they're actually going to have in the book where we talk about you have their 30 characters. Because remember, I, uh, I was never a big Legion of Superheroes fan. I don't know if you ever were under any of the you know headings that they had over the years. Um, but they always I did when Mark Wade and Barry Kitson did it. That was my run, too. Yes. Right. And then Legion. Uh, which has been a bone of contention on the show that they did. I was getting it in trades, and then all of a sudden, in the last trade, they decided to stop collecting it in trades. Right. No, but that was that like Legion eighty nine with Vril Docs and yeah, Rebels. But that's, you know, tan- that, that, that's the spinoff. That's the backdoor pilot of Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> yes, it is. But technically, because it was done in nineteen eighty nine, it was what kick started Legion of Superheroes in the future. Um, yeah, that's all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff, Joe. But uh, that's what I think they're trying to go with, it looks like, is like a Legion of Superhero book, like, where you have, like, th- like a, just a cosmic superhero team, like, even bigger than you usually, because that was the thing with Legion was, like, it had 30 members at any given time, and I want to see if that's what, and then if, if uh, he can juggle, if they can juggle that many characters, or they're going to whittle it down, it doesn't matter, I'm going to read it, but I just want to see if that's the angle that they're taking. Now, see, me, I think, looking at the team, of course, is you got, like, history of all the cosmic stuff. You know, and really, I was never much of a cosmic guy on Marvel or DC side. I picked up the Legion book because it was Mark Wade and Barry Kitson, and that's a team I'll read anything on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you were the one who had mentioned to me to check out the Anation stuff. I and, believe, I, yeah. And then that was. led into... You know, Nova. that begat, 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 and that went into the Abnett and Landing Gardens of the Galaxy, and that Nova. led into the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm-hmm. And that kind of part of the galaxy, um, you know, from a nothing team, essentially, to, you know, I would say top five teams in Marvel Comics. <laughs> and you know who you could thank for all that? Uh, the Keith. Salty Keith. That's Salty right. Keith. Right, the Rob and Salty Keith. Okay, I gotta keep that straight. But where I'm going, so here's my thought process on how to do this, okay? Mm -hmm. Remember they do, in the 90s, they do Heroes Reborn? Mm. I'm trying to forget, but yes. Okay, but then they did his return. Yes. Where you got the Mark Wade Cap book, you uh, you got the Kurt Busiek Iron Man book, you got the Fantastic Four book, but then you got the Kurt Busiek, George Perez... Avengers. Avengers. Yep. Where that first four issue arc was every Avenger is in this (laughs) book. Right? Right. And then issue five is who's going to be on the Avengers? And then issue (gasps) six is here's your Avengers team. Uh, Maybe that is the the, the blueprint. In in my mind, that's the blueprint. It was 23 years ago. Other than everybody else has forgotten that. Mm. And my favorite story about that is still... um, just like how George Perez did, like we laughed at, uh, we won't mention any artists' names that were doing the Heroes Reborn thing, but we used to say, <laughs> we used to say, hey, you know what, Mr. Artist, blue is not a background. Oh. And then you get to Heroes Return, and George Perez is drawing all 900 Avengers in front of a brick wall with all the bricks. It's not like, it's not like oh, here's a couple bricks, so you understand it's a brick wall. I'm going to do all of it. Here's some graffiti. Here's a mouse climbing up the wall. And like the other person's like, blue, blue's good. And here's a window that keeps changing how many panes it has in it. Boy, George Perez is a good artist. Yes, he is. That run, especially like the first six issues of that, my copies are so beat up. Because mm-hmm. I used to read that all the time. That's because D-Man was involved for wasn't it? Yeah, that was like when D-Man, that was back before you could have a quirky character for no reason. Like, it was like, well, we have to have every Avenger in here. If we're going to have Dr. Druid, we have to have D-Man, you know? Mm-hmm. So we got all of those characters, and I think getting all of the Guardians-types folks. And again, you know, I didn't mention it, but of course also in the pictures like Howard the Duck, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and the, and the like. 
So this already has kind of a fun book. My only quibble with this is, of course, this teaser image comes out before I get a chance to even read the two books that are coming out this week that are going to somehow inspire or lead to this image. What are you saying? <laughs> that big companies like to jump the gun in their promotions? <laughs> Just but a bit. now I know, Joe. Now I know to buy these books because they'll go up in value because it's beginning this new super uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. The same way that... Uh, uh, who, who's writing the new Guardians of the Galaxy book? My brain slipped. Does Van Am- The As Guardians of the Galaxy book? Uh, Kate's, right? That's who's doing it. Donnie oh, right, Kates. he's doing the, yeah, the one that comes in January. Yes, yes. Well, did you see what happened with the uh, Carnage Mind Bomb book? Oh, from all those years ago because he's like, hey, Carnage is going to be my Venom book eventually. Yeah, and he was talking about the Carnage Mind Bomb book. Mm-hmm. And it went from like maybe you know it was a carnage book those they, those things sell um, circulator corner of the show Joe um, and they, they he mentioned like yeah carnage gonna be in my book and I was a big fan of mind bomb didn't say he was gonna do anything with mind bomb and that book went from I don't know how much to like selling for over a hundred a copy on eBay. <laughs> And somebody literally said, Donnie, you should just go buy up little quirky one shots and then mention them and then just make a killing <laughs> selling them. Not to make this Donnie Kate's news hour, but it is. Uh, did you see when Venom was coming out? Uh, he and Ryan Stegman were joking that the vet, his Venom book was going to be better than Watchmen. Right, I saw that. And then there were, like, second prints and stuff where people were, like, mucked the prints to make them look like Watchmen covers. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, apparently over the within the last week or two, Donny Cates got to meet Alan Moore, mm-hmm. where they discussed this very subject, and Donny Cates claims that Alan Moore agreed to say that Ben Book is as good as Watchmen, but not no. better than... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to be careful bringing that word up around uh, him. He might turn you into a newt or something. Uh, they were probably watching an episode of South Park while they discussed it. And Simpsons, the one he was on. Oh, that's right. With what, where he signed the copy of Millhouse's copy of Watchmen <laughs> Babies. Yes. Little did they know how prophetic the Simpsons predicted so many things. That was just one of them. Right. Legion of uh, Extraordinary Freelancers. You know. <laughs> Oh, boy. But I'm excited for the Guardians of the Galaxy book. Um, you know, I'll give it a try. You know, any time a... The Abnett Landing book was so good and so strong, and I enjoyed the two movies, of course, that any new iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm always going to give a shot. I wouldn't say everyone I'd give a shot, but uh, close to all of them. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's not much on the news, but that's really all we got. We do got a lot of conventions going on this week, and then I do want to give kudos to Todd for sending me some new link that actually gives me correct and updated information <laughs> about all the conventions that are actually taking place. And when you click on them, did you see that you can, yeah, you do have to do two clicks to get to the convention website, but I figured that out all on your own. I, I'm an internet wizard. I used all my, oh. I, I was watching the movie hackers to figure out how to do it. And then once I did, <laughs> uh, oh, I got good there. But there is a bunch of conventions, as mentioned, going on this weekend uh, all over the world. They do a really good job of kind of uh, giving you a lot of information on comic books. Uh, there's the Arkansas uh, Comic Book Convention. That is not so much – they're calling it a comic book convention. Again, not a lot of comic book people. But uh, Joe Bob Briggs is going to be there. Do you mm-hmm. know who Joe Bob Briggs is? Didn't he invent the Briggs and Stratton engine? No, he's the host of Monster Vision. Oh, okay. And when they brought it back uh, a month or so ago, he they on the uh, horror streaming service Shudder, mm-hmm. he cashed their entire service. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, they shouldn't let him drive it then. Oh. But that was back in the day when <laughs> TNT would have, like, Monster Vision, mm-hmm. and some nights would be hosted by Joe Bob Briggs, and other nights would be hosted by Penn & Teller. Oh. You like the Penn & Teller. I, I love believe. Penn & Teller. I just got on a... Penn and Teller kick this past weekend when I should have been doing other things. But anyway. Right. Uh, Arkansas Comic Book Convention. And also also there is going to be Ron Simmons for World Wrestle, uh, World Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. I know him. That's one of the few wrestlers Todd knows. That's right. 
Uh, the Granite State Comic Con in Manchester, New Hampshire. This is more of a comic booky one. It's going to have Sean Murphy and Simon Bisley there, amongst others, of course. Mm-hmm. Their motto is "Don't take us for granted." Nope. No. <laughs> Wizard World in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this weekend. More media guests uh, there. Folks like Ron Perlman and Kane Hodder. Uh, Kane Hodder played Jason in a couple of the Friday the 13th movies, but is kind of like the the one that everyone knows and loves as Jason. Mm. Uh, There's the Singapore Toy Game and Comic Con in Singapore. Mm? Uh, Art Adams is going to be there, David Finch and Frank Cho. Well, not as good as a trip to Honolulu, but I'll take an international trip to a comic book convention. I'm not picky. I would go to Singapore with you. That would be quite the road trip. Mm-hmm. The Long Beach Comic Con in Long Beach, California. Uh, Jim Calafori is going to be there. Uh, Kevin Eastman, Christopher Priest, Tom Rainey, uh, Marv Wolfman. And the only media guest that paid me any sort of uh, mind that I would want to meet would be none other than Fred the Hammer William, uh, Williamson. I know of him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he in From Dust Till Dawn? He was from... in. He was a football player, he was in From Dusk Till Dawn, and he was in, in a bunch of uh, 70s black exploitation films. I'm pretty sure he was a raider. Oh, there you go. Doubly want to meet him. Yes, I would get I would get one of them uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John photos with him. <laughs> uh, the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in New Jersey. This is uh, more or less the all the TV shows in the WB meet and greet. <laughs> Uh, Candace Patton, who plays Iris West, is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franz Dramay, who plays Firestorm, is going to be there. And, uh, Hartley Sawyer is going to be there. He plays, what, Speedy or something? No, uh, Hartley Sawyer is a elongated man. Okay, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. You do, but you don't. Um, but most importantly, my Mark picture... Would be with Victor Garber. Right. What was he head of? Uh, he was Eugene Grimby of the Wool Council. <laughs> Never Duh. gets old. Never gets old, Joe. Never Not to gets me. old. But now if these, if this, uh, con or convention, we have to be careful because we don't want to get sued because con is copyrighted now. Um, uh, if they don't have the wig and tiny hat exhibition at this con- uh, convention, I'd be upset. I was going to bring that up. If you're having so many people from the CW shows at your convention and you're not going to have the wigs and tiny hats, then you need to fire your convention planner. You do. You really – he should just be fired on the, fired out of a catapult, actually. Right. Uh, but the two biggies this weekend are relatively close to each other and are actually sharing a bunch of guests. Uh, the <laughs> Fan X convention in Salt Lake City, Utah, and Rose City Comic Con in Portland, Oregon. Right. Uh, Dave Tennant is going to be at both. Oh, uh, Evangeline you- Lilly is going to be at both. Jeff Goldblum is going to be at both. The Animal Dave Batista is going to be at both. You've got a lot of that commingling of your big name guests between the conventions. I think like, um. The Salt Lake City is uh, Thursday, Friday, and uh, Portland is Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to see these two conventions working together. But you need to tip the scales one way or the other. Salt Lake City also has Chuck Norris, (gasps) Pee Wee Herman, Wow, Meatloaf, (gasps) and Tim Curry. They do anything for love, but they won't do that. The other way, Portland has Linda Blair, Val Kilmer, and the triple mark photo that has been the running thing on the show before (laughs) the Cobra Kai show became a thing. Martin Cove, Ralph Macchio, William Sensei Lawrence. You get the triple mark photo with them. It's a bargain at thrice the price. I'll tell you, boy. you, You were doing that before it was cool. I'll give you that. Don't say it, then that makes me a hipster. Well, then guess what you are. If it, if it walks like a hipster and talks like a hipster. Show's over, everybody. See you <laughs> next week. Um, that's right. We don't say the H word on here. That's right. Uh, but all the links to all these conventions, and there's a bunch of them, are going to be in the show. Uh, as is going to be links to the soon-to-be-named network 
at soon-to-be-named-network.com or soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com, where anytime any of the shows in our network, our umbrella of podcasts come out, or the folks on these podcasts are on other podcasts, and they send me the link, and I'm not asleep, and I remember to put it up on the site, they go up. But that's shows like this show, Longbox Heroes, of course, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Podvocacy, uh, Everlasting Minute, which is actually coming to an end. They're almost at the end of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate. I wonder what they're going to do next. I wonder if they're going to watch the terrible Johnny Depp one. Hmm? Or if they're going to watch something else. Or just it's going to be a, a closed podcast that has no more episodes. I heard you said they were trying to get Smokey is the band, so who right. knows? Good luck with that one. Uh, so then we also have uh, Profane Argument, of course. We have Puzzle Warriors 3, and I think... If you are a longtime listener of Puzzle Warriors 3, or you enjoyed Craig's appearance on this podcast sometime, there is a huge announcement that came down the pike in, Puzzle, in Marvel Puzzle Quest that is probably going to have Craig singing and dancing more than he typically does on the show to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, this week's After Dark is going to be a little bit different, because we have a guest on, and it's going to be the introduction of a new show to the network. Wow, that's big. How are you going to find out about that? Soon to be named network.com, probably on Thursday. Early. Early, yes. Uh, also in the show notes, of course, be sure to check out a friend of the show, mega power listener, uh, great contributor not only to this show uh, with different art attacks in the past, but also his own independently published comic book, Jupiter, uh, Jason Sandberg, who has written and drawn a comic book. Uh, kind of a collection of strips and adventures and kind of social commentary that we have the link to our, in our notes called Jupiter. Get it digitally. The more people that purchase, the more of a chance more is going to come out. So I've already purchased it. Todd's purchased it. You purchase it. I want more of this book, and I want our listeners of the show to be happy and to be productive and to continue to put out great work. Yes, sir, so also over in the show notes, of course, is a bunch of sales that are going on this week. The only holdover from last week is the Dark Horse 50% off sale. That's one of those ones where you have to put in a little fancy code uh, to get it. Uh, Titan is having a sale on comic books related to gaming. And I don't know what that entails because I am not hip to any games. Do they have a Pokemon comic? No. I'm looking here. It's things like Dark Souls... Assassin's Creed, Dishonored, things that sound weird and scary to an old man. <laughs> uh, there is an also massive indie collection that's going on. A lot of creator-owned stuff. Uh, just giving it a quick perusal, the main things that I see in there is Gail Simone and Jim Calafiore's Leaving Megapolis is included in there. Right. And I know a favorite of yours, Todd, uh, that's included in there. And how often does Rogues come up in a digital sale? Almost never that I know. That first storyline is fantastic. It's one of my favorite little, you know, sword and sorcery, like, comedy books ever. Not that that's a big niche in the comic book industry. Right. But, again, it's very – I bring it up. How often does this come up as a sale in this, you know? Right. I wonder, eh, you know, it's too late to do this now, but what? in the future, got to talk to Jason about getting his uh, Twitter in a sale like this, you know? Right, yeah. I wonder if it's in the sale now, because I'm not sure how these things are picked, you know? Right, I, I would have no idea. I'm just talking aloud, Todd. I'm not really sure. No, DC is having a sale, a Labor Day sale. Which is just kind of a catch-all sale. I think the joke has been beaten into the ground not far enough. Uh, but of course, if you need, if you haven't purchased Batman Year One or The Dark Knight Returns, <laughs> of course, now's your chance. Uh, it's the the three out of every four weeks that that stuff is on sale. <laughs> now, Marvel, I'm a little bit confused with, more so than usual. So they have three different sales running concurrently to each other. Okay. All right. One of the sales is as Guardians of the Galaxy sale, right? So here's Angela, because she's in the book. Here's Lockjaw, because Lockjaw's in the book. Here's 1602, the Witch Hunter miniseries. I don't know how that ties into thing. Hey, do you like Thunderstrike? 
that's included in this sale. Okay, all right, that ties into that book, okay? Then they have one that's called Back to School Sale. Uh, it's, you know, your teen and your younger characters uh, stuff. It's classic New Mutants, Young Avengers, Avengers Academy, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Okay, I'm with you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. But then on top of that, Marvel is also having a buy one, get one free sale. So, <laughs> you have two other things that are kind of subset. Of like, here's these little things that are on sale. Here's this little subset on sale. And then here's this other sale where everything's on sale. Like, including books that came this past week. Buy one, get one free. Okay. So you want to buy West Coast Avengers that came out a week ago? And then get another... You wanna, and you want to get Fantastic Four number one that came out a week ago? Hey, you can get them both for five bucks. Wow. Right. You know what I mean? So it just... <laughs> it just seems counterproductive to be like having three different sales going on where one of them kind of overrides the other two well it's good for the uh for the customer i guess i don't know you got I lots need of to choices be in charge in curating what books go on sale and what and how they go on sale and the collections and everything else like that fire off an email we'll do it yeah i don't know we'll do it from singapore <laughs> right flies to singapore and then we'll answer your emails that way we'll be day ahead and we'll get a jump on everything but like I don't know what the logistics of the the Labor Day the Labor Day sale is because you know you of course you've got Batman you got Superman Wonder Woman boom right mm-hmm. easy off the top then you've got a sale on the Injustice book then you've got you know randomly thrown in here is the Bendis stuff okay Bendis is new he's hip he's with it right <laughs> then you've got the Brubaker uh, Catwoman series okay really good then you have the new Batgirl series as part of uh, what is this current DC thing called, right? Rebirth. Rebirth, right? Then we'll just randomly throw in like, oh yeah, American Vampire's in this sale too. And Animal Man. Uh, Sure, sure. Uh, Let's throw in uh, DMZ too? Sure, okay. Everybody's got a job. It's Labor Day. We're honoring the work. I guess. I don't know. Listen, I'm all about anything that gets comics in the hands of people at a much discounted price. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd like to, I like to have uh, some sort of cohesiveness. I don't know. I think for this holiday we should have had a man sale on all the Bator stories. I am Bator, and it could have been like Bator Day sale. It's like Labor Day, work on it. Like It would be fantastic. No? Yes? Maybe? We'll work. Okay. Out. You'll be my consultant You'll... on the sales. <laughs> okay. So, Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week, and I'm going to ask you to start so I can have a drink of my water. Okay. I'm going to start with Web of Venom, Venom, number one, um, by Donnie Cates, and I'm not sure how you say his first name. Ryan uh, Stegman. Oh, no. No. Is the no, interior what? artist. Uh, yes. Uh,. One Ramirez, maybe? One Ramirez. I knew I was going to murder it. So, uh, But basically, after the events we find out in the regular Venom book is that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. found these uh, this symbiote and and attached them soldiers to create a group of soldiers that were, you know, the, the symbiote soldiers or whatever. And uh, they were used in Vietnam. And this is the story of the origin of how it happens and also that while they're fighting in Vietnam, they get kind of loose and Nick Fury decides, well, we got to go in because we don't know what's going on. And if these things get loose with the uh, Viet Cong and they anything happens that they attach themselves to them, then we're going to have real problems. So he asks for uh, some help from the north and gets Wolverine to help and they go in. And it's basically Nick Fury and Wolverine versus these these symbiotes. And we get to meet uh, the past version of Rex Strickman. Is that his name? Um, I'm trying to have it written down here. But uh, he's like the character that's teaching uh, Eddie Brock now about uh, the symbiote and how, they, how like to use them in different ways and everything. And uh, I really enjoyed this. If you if you are a fan of the Predator movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, then you're really going to like uh, Web of Venom because um, it is heavily... 
you know, taken from, what's the word I want to use? Heavily uh, influenced. Know, my, influenced by Predator. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. And then it leads into something where uh, the, the, the character of, of Strickman is his character, what, how he became what he is to get to the Venom. Uh, ongoing we're reading now, which I think we're going to see this guy throughout. Like, I think he had uh, he said he had a, his, uh, a series of one shots that he wants to do, which I think we're going to see it going forward. The the symbiotes in different eras and everything like that. So, um, I trust Donnie Cates. This isn't my favorite book that he's he's doing right now, but uh, I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I like Thanos better, is what I meant to say, but I really like the the Venom book too. Right, and obviously Venom is hot right now. Marvel's doing a lot of Venom stuff. So be wary, because obviously this isn't a part of the main numbering of the Donny Cates book. It's kind of an ancillary one-shot, but it does fit into the story that he's currently telling. There's a mini-series going on right now as well called First Host. That's not right. by Donny Cates. So if you're enjoying the Donny Cates Venom stuff, just beware of what you're buying. Right. Sometimes they throw stuff out to throw you off. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they'll buy anything with Venom on it, so let's put that. Yeah, and I'd like, you know, I, I talked before when I think we had talked about issue four, when they took the Venom mythos, kind of what we knew about Venom before, and kind of walked us through it saying, well, this is why it's wrong, and this is why it's wrong, and this is why it's wrong. And one would hope that whenever the next writer comes on, they don't just kind of toss this stuff aside like all the other stuff is being tossed aside one could only hope that this stuff becomes such a part of what the venom mythos is and obviously you have a venom movie coming out next month so we could be a month away from this just stuff just being ignored but i like the fact that they're doing so much more to add so much to a character that technically doesn't need it venom gets by on his looks you know, Simple origin, it, yep, I agree. Right, but like it's it's all the drawing. You see that image. It's like, hey, you like Spider Man? Here's Spider Man. He's black and he's evil. I, but wait, let me tell you a little bit more about him. No, no, it's evil black Spider Man. Sign me up. You know, right? We're now the fact that they're adding so much more to the mythos to kind of make what Venom is and what the symbiote is and what Eddie Brock's relation symbiote is and other people's past relationships to the symbiote and symbiotes is and tying it into other Marvel storylines, you know, how it all ties into the Grendel stuff that we saw at the beginning of Jason Aaron's run in Thor, which is helping me believe that this stuff that Donny Cates is laying the groundwork for is going to last longer than just a throwaway story. Right. I think I've said this before. Like, I think Venom's a character that doesn't need all this. Right. But, like I've said before, it's so good that I'll take it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, if this had been so-so or less, I would have been like, you took a character that didn't need help and try to give him help, but you're taking a character that's really cool already, doesn't need the help, and giving it a really good backstory. So I, I'm okay with it. Like I said, there's some characters I don't think you need to touch unless you unless you know what you're doing. And this seems to be there. As long as it doesn't get too convoluted, um, because like I, I read the... I read the, the the God of Thunder story, so I understand that. But like a lot of Venom stuff, I don't know. So hopefully, I won't be. You know, it doesn't get too much thrown at me with Venom continuity. If if they, I don't want them to end it up, is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. I think it's going to be difficult for them to X Men it up because it is just one character, of course. Right. Uh, with the X Men, you have so many different characters and so many different timelines and so many different ways that they all interact with each other. Right, but what um, I'm I don't saying think is there's anything in the history of comics that could become as convoluted. Well, you know what? What's more convoluted, X-Men or Hawkman? Hawkman. <laughs> Hawkman. I, they're still trying to fix Hawkman. At least if you take, like when they send the original X-Men back or whatever they're doing in that time travel, and you just you just start fresh... It's good. Like with, with Hawkman, they're still like, oh, I've been around and here and more of me. I've been around in the universe and everything. And I'm like, Hawkman, I couldn't tell you 
what it how with how convoluted is what his origin story is and just the fact that nobody cares because it's like at least with x-men people will try it's like nightcrawler wolverine colossus you're like oh here's a convoluted you know garbage fire of dumpster fire of stories over the years that you have to figure out and it's hawkman and I, i'm not trying to be kind of it's like a character barely anybody cares about and he's tough to read at least with x-men it's like yeah, occasionally it's Wolverine, Cyclops, Colossus, Nightcrawler, like all all the characters you love. So I go with it's it's Hawkman, definitely. <laughs> Long way around there, but Hawkman. So a book that's not convoluted, <laughs> if delayed, is Scarlet from Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev, now over at DC. Uh, one of four non-Superman books that Bendis is putting out over at DC. We talked a couple weeks ago how this may have been stuff that Bendis was just kind of sitting on knowing that the change over to DC was coming, so now it's all getting published, so hopefully stuff's not going to be late. And it's all six-issue miniseries, so we're not going to have to worry about anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The elevator pitch for Scarlet is Scarlet's a young girl, her and her boyfriend get into a brief altercation with the police that goes awry. Now, the original Scarlet book happened before any of the more recent, very highly politicized police brutality stuff was going on, kind of a Mm -hmm. precursor to all of that, which I think may have been part of the reason why it was kind of delayed in coming out, because it was rough to kind of deal with that. Uh, While the, you know, what was really going on, I don't think people wanted to read a comic book about the stuff that was actually going outside their windows, possibly. Mm-hmm. So Scarlet, based on what she sees go down in front of her, she kind of rallies the voiceless to bring down the corrupt police, which then leads to the corrupt government, which now be- leads to the corrupt everything. And where we last saw uh, Scarlet, when the series was over at Marvel, the some government agency, still unknown as to who did it, blew up the bridge connecting the part of Portland, the little suburb town that they were in, Scarlet and Nero, to the rest of the city, essentially cutting them off from supplies and so forth, in the hopes to silence her. However, she has kind of put together a group that is not going to be silenced, that is going to continue to work, to try to bring down the government kind of with Scarlet as the uh, the beacon to do everything. As long as she's still standing, they're going to keep working. And even with her and her people cut off, they are still being targeted. This uh, issue is her and her people dealing with a drone attack and some leftover people of folks who were kind of not on Scarlet's side, but were on her side of the bridge when they blew it up. Right. So now she's dealing with some dissidents on her side, as well as her own people, some of some of whom may not be the freedom fighters that she had hoped they would be. And a lot of this is kind of getting you, the folks who may not have been uh, reading the book before or may have been in between reading the book like myself, uh, kind of getting you caught up to where the sh- where the series is and where Scarlet's headspace is at. And a lot of her headspace is at is she refers, relates what's going on currently to the recent film Lincoln, starring uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. How, in a much cleaner way, I say, this is kind of the point where she realizes that anything government-related has been messed up from the very beginning. And it's kind of making her question whether or not her is worth it, because if the situation has always been messed up, what is she going to be able to do to fix something that's been messed up for over 200 years? Right. So while she's having this crisis of faith, kind of, they do an interesting her as she walks through the, the people and the town, when her word balloon is a box, she's the narrator telling us, the reader, of what is going on. When it goes to a more rounded word balloon, that's when she's talking, interacting with the folks around her. So it's not like a new thing, but it's something that I felt was kind of interesting in this situation. 
Right. So she's dealing with the dissidents. She's telling us the, about, you know, her thoughts in how everything is just kind of messed up. And is her fight worth it? And, of course, before she gets a chance to answer, uh, she is handed a cell phone that comes in through one of the drone strikes. Uh, well, one of the people that was accompanying the drones comes and gives her a phone. And then we kind of lead to how big this situation has gotten since the last time we were in this book. And I'm trying to be vague on this, only because I really want you to check this book out. Uh, Scarlet is probably my favorite Bendis thing that he's done in a long time, just because it is politicized without really rubbing into your face depending if you're one way or the other and obviously if you are one way and you read this you're not going to like it and if you're another way politically you're probably going to like it but if you're kind of in the middle wishy-washy like i am <laughs> then you'll kind of get night to see how bendis is showing both sides right right of the situation but yeah so the the drone strike was a distraction for a guy to parachute in and he comes to her with a cell phone a burner phone and it kind of ends as a cliffhanger to kind of show how big the situation has gotten. I like Scarlet. Uh, but again, it's a six-issue miniseries. Uh, the first two trades of it are included in that digital sale that DC is doing right now. So even if you don't want to check out the current book that's going on, the first two trades are on sale. Go check those out as well. If you like those, you're going to like the book that just came out this past week. Were those first two trades political? Again, a little bit, a little bit. But okay, like I, I don't said, know yeah, well, like, you know, it it was, as I mentioned, it started out as a story of, you know, police corruption and brutality right. that, when it was originally being published, was a thing, but it wasn't as big as a thing as it has been over the last two years. Right, what I meant to say is, and I'm asking is, did it, did it grow into more political? You know what I mean? Like, Yes, it did. Okay, I don't know how to ask what I'm asking. I was just curious. Yes, yes. So that's what we read last week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Head over to longboxheroes.com. Every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you wait for them to be included in some sort of bizarre sale that contradicts another yeah. sale. However it is you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. The two things that Todd and I are doing with our lists this year is the one thing that we always do, which is attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I still have my lead of five correct guesses. I do believe that Todd is sandbagging this. I believe I'm winning this fair and square. The other is keeping the dollar tally of how much money we've spent on comic books. Last week helped me get a little bit closer, but unless I buy... Remember when Image used to do, like, the gold uh, <laughs> variants... That weren't really gold, but they would still sell them for like $300 a clip. Yep. Unless one of those come out re in the next three months, I think you've got this year. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you right now, which I had the winning uh, amount of correct guesses than the amount of money spent. I'll there tell you, you go. That. <laughs> uh, so you started the show, so you get to guess first. Mm -hmm. Is the book you are looking forward to most Thanos' Legacy number one? It is not. It is not? Is it as Guardians of the Galaxy? It is not. Is it another book that you're looking forward it to? It is another book that I'm looking forward to. And I think, and I'm saving it, I think it's the book that you're looking forward to coming out this week, which is The Dreaming number one. No, it is actually Thanos' Legacy oh. number one. I'm just a, just a Thanos man all around. Yeah. I would, for you, because when we had discussed the Sandman uh, legacy book that came out a week ago, and we were kind of both feeling so strongly about the dreaming, it kind of tipped my scales to really look forward to it. Mm -hmm. And for, for you, I was between the dreaming and Thanos. But there's a lot of good stuff this week. There's like three or four new number ones coming out. There is Batman, you know, a new storyline. I mean, yeah, Batman's hitting it really well. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Immortal Hulk, Captain America, tons it, of good stuff this week. It's almost like we're getting close to the end of the year and they're trying to make money. <laughs> when did comics become a business, Joe? 1963. I don't know the exact published date of Fantastic Four number one, but that was the day it became a business. Really? Was it 1936? Nah. 
eight? They were just printing things so people had something to pulp because of the war. Oh, because the, the war went... Right. <sighs> so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the stuff that we have over there, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, and hey, who knows, maybe in the future there might be another podcast that pops up at longboxheroes.com. Maybe as soon as I get some show art. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, but also, everything else that Todd and I have ever done as a comic book duo exists over at Longbox Heroes, uh, including the Smash Sensation Todd and Joe have issued. Also, our store, where you could purchase a shirt, a sticker, or a pin with our fancy logo on it. And if you already have those things, and everyone listening to this should, and if you don't, buy them now. Uh, you could also buy anything else in the world to your heart's content through our Amazon click-through. We get a little bit of extra money on the back end, and it doesn't matter how much... Uh, we get, it makes us happy, it lets us know that you're listening, you're helping us contribute, kind of keep the wheels moving on this podcast machine that just keeps churning out, churning out, churning out content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week, Todd. Right. Uh, someone went comic book crazy, and I'm guessing, I can only hope, they purchased things through the Marvel Buy Weapon yep. sale, because, oh boy... Someone and I'm gonna I I I I'm gonna guess this might have been the same person purchased uh, the two trades of Mark Wade and Chris Somney's Black Widow run, the two trades of the Tom King run, and the first three trades of Superior Foes of Spider Man. Hmm, that's some good comic books. You might be able, you might be happy after reading a lot of that. Yes. Now, Todd, I'm also thinking. The same person purchased these items. Uh, someone purchased Model Master Spray Enamel Paint in dark green. Mm-hmm. They also purchased Kangaroo Brand Spirit Gum and Remover. You gotta have the remover if you got the spirit gum. Right. They also purchased Delegad Latex Fairy Pixie Ears. <gasps> A Rebenexta curly cosplay wig and a pack four bald caps to go under your wig. Oh. Now, unless Legend of Tomorrow is is starting to do their shopping for the new season early, <laughs> I'm guessing this is a listener, so if you're making some sort of cool cosplay thing or something for a convention, hey, shoot us a picture. We'd like to see what all these little pieces have gotten together. It might be a Halloween costume, too, getting a jump on Yeah, that. getting a jump on Halloween. Whatever it is that you're doing, shoot us a picture. We'd love to see what you're doing with all this creative stuff. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, uh, someone, my friend Jesse, I know this for certain, uh, purchased a fridge pack bundle of Tab. The soda? The soda. Good for him. Did you know that Tab stylizes their logo as capital T, small a, capital B? I always thought they did, didn't they? I Well, I think it's... I never noticed it until now. I just thought it was like capital T, capital A, capital B. But the fact that it's a stylized big T, little a, big B. I'm like, ooh, look at them being fancy. Remember that in uh, Back to the Future when he goes back and he's like... Hey, give me a, give me so. What do you want? And he's like, uh, a tab. He's like, how can I run you a tab? I didn't give you anything yet. Just give, give me, me something without give sugar. Give me a Pepsi so he's, free. Oh, Pepsi free. I'm uh, not gonna give you a Pepsi free. You gotta pay for it. How about a tab then? And he's like, oh, just give me something without slicing some coffee. Mm-hmm. That's good comedy right there, Robert Zemeckis and whatnot. Right, and this is confusing to me because tab is part of the uh, Coca-Cola company. And right. why would you have your own diet soda and then a different diet soda called Tab? I think Tab was marketed toward... I remember Tab being marketed towards women back in the day. Like, one of those things. Like, it was for, like, women doing aerobics and stuff like that. I swear to God, that's the way I remember it being marketed. Now, I remember all diet sodas were marketed that way. Uh, but not so much as Tab. Not not tab. Tab was very look up tab commercials. Maybe well, I'm not well. See, I'm not looking up tab birds, but I am looking up. I was unaware that they had strawberry tab, oh, lemon lime tab, black cherry tab, 
root beer tab, which is right along, right up my alley, uh, ginger mm-hmm. ale tab, orange tab, tab clear, tab extra, and tab energy drink. Oh, you feel those energy drinks. <laughs> the second time energy drinks have come up. Interesting thing about tab. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so Tab Extra is exclusively sold in Norway. Mm. Tab Energy uh, was, when sold in Mexico, New Zealand, and Spain, was titled Tab Fabulous. Mm-hmm. I would drink Tab Fabulous. Oh, Tab Fabulous. <laughs> yes. Uh, so one other thing that you could do while you're over at the uh, longboxheroes.com site is your pigskin pickums. What? Yes. My son recorded his picks under duress. They'll go at the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted him to record the picks in the morning. Taught me to do so. And he's like, I want to do them at night like I always do. And then it was time to record them. He's like, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. <laughs> he's so ahead of you. Oh. So he did it. Uh, we're up to over 40 folks uh, who have signed up for this. I'm just looking to see if there's any new uh, fancy names that have shown up. Uh, one of my favorite is, is I'm going to barbecue your, uh, you know what? Oh, hey, we don't say no sir. Oh, and Words Big 80 is in there. <laughs> what? You got your second one going? Mm-hmm. About time. Now, are you having your son pick those? Or? No, no. Okay. Separate picks, huh? I do see son and daughter of the Ginger Avenger are, are in there, as is Miss or Mrs. Gin, the Ginger Avenger. I think he's quadruple dipping here, but I'm not going to uh, uh, chastise him for that. I think that's what he's doing. He's like, I'll pick all these different under one name, uh-huh. and then like, uh, I'll win. I'll, one of these will win. Right. I see Dr. Capaldi who. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the right. Craw County running revs. I know what that means. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got, as of this episode coming out, you've got 24 hours to get your picks in. Isn't kickoff on Thursday? Yep, first game's on Thursday, and then we have the Sunday slate, and then the two mo- two Monday night games to kick off the first week. Didn't they do multiple Monday night games through the course of the season last time? No, just the, always the first week mm-hmm. that I know of. They might have did it did it once more, but I don't think so. I think it's but it's always two games uh, on the first week now. Gotcha, Todd. Yes. Did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. Um, from mega contributor once again, Euronymous. He was at Dragon Con over the weekend, and he got a bunch of uh, doodles from. Kelly Williams, who's a horror artist. So, uh, in the cat, and I don't know what the, the book is. It's uh, art by Kelly Williams, obviously. Um, got a little doodle up in the corner. It looks like, I don't know, somebody wearing a hood. I guess that's what that it's is. It's a witch. It's a witch. A Todd. witch? Yes. In Howl? I, I figured it would have been a werewolf, but I got confused. Um, so it's a very nice little doodle. I guess, you know, nice enough to do it in the book. I don't know uh, if he purchased it there or it was his copy that he brought. But uh, it's very nice when they do those little those little remarks and they sign uh, the thing. Because we learned last week that a doodle uh, is a remark sometimes. Now, I, w- I want to say this, Todd. Um I'm going to throw it out there because uh, Euronymous was nice enough to share with me uh, some of the stuff that he'd picked up at Dragon Con. Yes. And it's some amazing stuff that he picked up, and I can't wait for him to share it with us so we could share it with you. Uh, but I want to mention that the artist who did this particular doodle and some of the stuff he picked up is an artist by the name of Kelly Williams. That's what I said. Okay. His I thought I said that. Twitter handle is Tree Beard, and that's Beard without an A, right? Ah, okay. If you have access to the Twitter right now, Todd, yes. I want you to go to his Twitter handle, and I want you to read me what his name there says. You know how everyone kind of gives themselves fun and quirky names on uh, right. Twitter could you give me that? Could you give me the at what it was again? I... Tree. Do you like the, like the plant? Right, and Beard with uh, B-E-E. R D. See, this is the stuff I need to know. B E 
so B R E E D. B E E R D. B E Oh my god. R D. I'm having trouble with my head today. Mm-hmm. So Nacho Man Sandy Cabbage. Yes. <laughs> that is fantastic. There you go. I figured you got of that. See, because that the the at wasn't in the tweet, so I would have never found that. Right. But uh, Nacho Man Sandy Cabbage is that is up my alley of things I would really really like, and you are correct, sir. So a point to you. Right. So thanks, Euronymous, of course, for sharing your art. And hey, if you've gone to a convention this weekend or in the past and want to share your art with us, you're a burgeoning artist yourself. Just make sure you t- tag Todd's Art Attack in there, and uh, we'll make sure to share your art that you've purchased. That you've that you've done yourself with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. and I'm coming. I'm going to be going to a few cons this year, so hopefully I'll have some more stuff soon. Right, bust out some old stuff. I don't know. I'm getting lazy in my old age. Does so. a picture of a bur- burger towel count as art? Oh, yes, it does. It's very artistic if it has a stain on it. Oh, uh, it's, it's well. Anyway. <laughs> And Todd, to close out the show, I do have to say in, in a uh, bit of full disclosure, I did not get a chance to watch any Disenchant this week. You didn't get to see any of it? No. Not I, even three minutes? I watched three... Let me see what my Netflix tells me, how far I got into the episode. Mm-hmm. And my eyes were were dropping on me, and I couldn't stay away any longer. It's been a long week, a lot of busyness going on. A lot of getting things ready that I should have gotten ready a long, long time ago. See, now you know what it's like. Now you know how Asa felt making those picks. All tired and whatnot. I got three minutes and 30 seconds into the episode. Wow. (laughs) Good stuff. But you, on the other hand, picked up the slack and you finished the entire season. Yes, I did. I powered through as as a, as a, you know, like, as a fan of the show. Now, I really liked it. Um, It... It hits a lot of the beats because uh, they are the, as we say, the, the 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 really good writers over the course of Matt Groening's career. He tried to get them back in Futurama or whatever, and we discussed that this is basically Futurama in medieval times. All joking aside, but you know how they had like familiar beats with like you know uh, your family that you miss and this and that. This is all there. This is it. It's you know Elfo. And uh, Beanie, you know, the, the the unquieted love. You have Lucy, like we said, is Bender. And I'm starting to figure out who more of the characters are. And uh, we hopefully, I don't know how well it did, but I'm guessing with Matt's clout, you're getting a second, se- second season. Because there's a lot of questions that answered in this first season. And certain things happen. I'm like, well, that leads directly into season two. So if not, you're going to have a lot of stuff that you're just leaving hanging out there. But all in all, I really think as a whole season, it, it it's good. It's not like, you know, Futurama or Simpsons at their best, but it has much potential and it makes me laugh a lot while I'm watching it. So that's the best thing I can say about it. And I saw... Some as it was getting closer to the end, there's one things that were just they kind of beat you over the head with, and I'm like, I kind of see where this is going. And in the end, I was like, Yep, I know who did what and what was going on. I don't want to give too much away, but like I said, other than that, the uh, the ending of the season kind of like seeing it coming. Um, I, I really enjoy it. I look forward to more. I'm hoping that this was like one of them, the new way Netflix is doing it, where they're putting out like 10 episodes and then they're like, oh, here's the second half of what we're doing. Um, like with, I think they did it with the newest Arrested Development, where it's like, it's not so much as the next season as we have some stuff in the can that we're going to give you, uh, we're going to dribs and drabs it out. And I, I, I really hope we get more uh, disenchantment very, very fast. You know, I'm I'm out of the loop on this sort of stuff is like when these sort of things get picked up for a second season and that sort of stuff, but I wouldn't doubt it that this uh, disenchantment did get picked up for a second season, I'm sure. Right. And like I said, it's it, I, if Matt Groening just wanted to finance this show because he thought it was fun, I think he could dip into his pocket or his couch and just like, oh, look, loose change and just cover it, you know, for him. Right, but isn't it nicer to get a nice Netflix check instead of giving them money? Right. I'm just joking. But I mean, like, he could pay his friends and be like, here, work. We want to do this. It's fun. So, right. But that's what happens when I hit the lottery. That's the way we're doing this show, Joe. 
when you hit the lottery? Yeah, when I hit the lottery. Don't you have to play the lottery to hit the lottery? I play the lottery. Oh, boy. I don't know if you know this. I'm a gambling man, Joe. I thought you just spent all your money on Johnny Cash slot machines. That is a great way to spend your money. Mm-hmm. But when when the Mega Millions or the Powerball is over 40 or $50 million, I'll play. I don't play like 20. Who wants just that amount of money? Like the start-off amount. I'm like, I had a dream once that I hit $60 million. So when it's at 60, I really play. Right, because that's where nobody else is playing, and you have a no. That's fame. just because I had the dream, and my family has the vision, Joe. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. My grandmother had the sight. You don't believe me? I don't believe you. Okay. Very little that I do believe, but I, I do believe that the we've come to the end of this here podcast. We ran out of internet. Mm-hmm. We've run out of internet, sadly. We'll have to go to the internet store and pick up some more. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. I have to go to the internet to buy more internet. Ah, oh, doesn't that suck? Use the Amazon click-through. Mm. Uh, so, this is episode 414 of Longbox Heroes closing out uh, for Todd and Joe saying we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet. It is week one of the NFL Pigskin Pickums, and it's my favorite time of the year and my favorite part of the podcast because I get to have the most famous person on the podcast come on. Mr. Celebrity, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Asa. Asa. We're on, what, three years of doing this? Four years of doing this? I did this for you when, I, I did this with you when you were the tiniest of tiny babies and you were just able to talk. And I had to change things to make more work for myself to do this, because you're too smart now. Let's see. Okay. So, we're gonna, I'm going to read you all the games, and you tell me who you think the winners are going to be, okay? I don't Okay. Who do you think is going to win, the Falcons or the Eagles? Eagles. Who do you think is going to win, the Bills or the Ravens? Ravens. The Texans or the Patriots? Patriots. The Titans or the Dolphins? Dolphins. The Steelers or the Browns? Browns. Oh, my goodness. The Cowboys or the Panthers? Cowboys. The Seahawks or the Broncos? Broncos. Say it a little bit louder. Broncos. Oh, yeah. The Bengals or the Colts? Colts. The Buccaneers or the Saints? Saints. The 49ers or the Vikings? Vikings. The Jaguars or the Giants? Giants. Giants. The Chiefs or the Chargers? Chargers. Say it louder. Chargers. Thank you. The Redskins or the Cardinals? Redskins. The Bears or the Packers? Bears. Last two. The Jets or the Lions? Yes. And the Rams or the Raiders? Rams. The Rams. All right. Thank you very much. I'm We're leaving. Gonna... Bye. Nothing else you want to say to everybody? Bye-bye. He's gone. There's the picks for week one.